Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Robshaw, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YPSport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpmedia.co.uk. YorkshirePost.co.uk As mentioned earlier in the intro, this week we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Dion Mottrell. Morning, guys. Morning. So uh, let's kick off this week's episode by looking first of all at the Premier League. Uh, Leeds United lost 2-1 away at Spurs. Uh, The Whites are now in 17th place, two points outside uh, the drop zone. Uh, And although injuries remain a problem, with some of uh, the other teams at the bottom getting results, the pressure is back on Leeds. Um, And with the tricky away game at Brighton coming up, the that there is an urgent need to get everyone fit and start winning games. Do, do you think the that Leeds will be looking at new acquisitions in the transfer window, uh, Stuart? Well, I'm really not sure, to be honest with you, Mark, because um, as we've kind of mentioned on here in the past, um, Bielsa has this, this mantra, this method, that he only likes to have 18 senior players. So unless that mindset changes, mm. then... New bodies coming in are only going to mean more bodies going out. And as when Dan James arrived and, and uh, Ian Pervader and Helder Costa were out the door sort of thing. So it, it's going to need a bit of a change of mindset, I think, from Marcelo Bielsa. And we, we all know how stubborn he is. That That's that's far from guaranteed. But they really they really could do with some extra depth. I mean, to see, to see Stuart McKinstry coming on uh, in, the, in the second half at Spurs... Week or late in the second half to try and uh, to try and conjure up an equaliser. It's a, it's a lot of responsibility to put on someone who's not even the first choice, you know, teenage striker they've they've got. I do think they I do think they need a bit more depth. But as I say, whether they whether Bielsa will actually accept that. And plus, we know that Leeds are understandably reluctant to um, to make signings in January. It's not a great window for getting players in, but. Needs must. I do. I do feel they need more depth. I don't know if Leon agrees. Yeah, I just think they just have to be a little bit, a little bit more pragmatic, Stuart, don't they? Really. I mean, yeah. the unfortunately Leeds have picked up one of the. I mean, the the Bielsa Biel's regime. You know, it's been a byword for excellence on the pitch, excitement. But in terms of the, you know, the actual style, the physical demands, of the style, they do pick pick up injuries, don't they? And Obviously, December it's uh, in the New Year period. It's a it's a busy you know a busy busy time. Um, you know it you know injuries do happen. Obviously, Leeds have picked up some significant injuries in the season already. I, I just think just uh, a certain amount of base covering really, and um, you know even if it's just getting maybe getting a, a few shrewd loads in here and there, just to sort of just to sort of cover <laughs> Leeds' back so to speak and. 
you know, Bielsa is always someone who's going to be interested in in good players. It might, it might take them a little while to assimilate, but yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you sort of when you look at um, Leeds on on a match day, you sort of struck. When you look at the the side, you sort of struck by the lack of depth on on the bench. Um, probably more than in comparison to anything else. Anything else, really. You know, it's it's even striking when you if you sort of look at the options you know available to Leeds on the bench at the minute, and even a lot of sides around them in the table, it it, it sort of doesn't it doesn't look particularly good, does it? So you know, you'd like to think that some plans. Are are in place just to just to sort of you know keep Leeds you know on an even keel. They've obviously got players coming back, but they just do look a little bit a little bit light in a few areas, definitely. Yeah, as Leon sort of alluded to, it's going to be tested more than ever now because um, they've got their first midweek Premier League home, uh, Premier League game <laughs> yeah. coming up next week against Crystal Palace, and they've got two more in December. Eight, eight games between now and the end of the year. It's not. It's not a great time to be having. If you know, and we hope that they do. If they've got players coming back from injury, it's not a great. Ta- it's not an easy time to to ease them back in. You know, it's going to be pretty full on. Um, so yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll have to be careful. If Bielsa certainly in his last press conference wasn't putting any timescales on Ailing and Bamford or Cox. But if if they were to come back in the in the coming weeks, um, they'll obviously have to be careful about what what they ask them to do because you know three games in a week, for argument's sake, if they were to come straight back, yeah. is, is going to be asking a lot. But mm. I, I do I do think on top of it, Mark, you know, uh, obviously the the injuries are you know a big issue and it's it's no doubt it's holding them back. But there is there is also something that that sort of um, uh, of their own. Mate, and you know, throughout Bielsa's time, really, uh, even when they've been doing well, they, they they don't score the amount of goals that their chances deserve, no. really. And and had that been the case at Spurs, obviously they were one nil up at half time. That that they could have been a lot further ahead, and that could have been a more difficult game for Spurs to come back in. And you know, it, it's all well and good feeling sorry for yourself about the injuries, but that side of it they really do have to address and mm-hmm. you know even even when Bamford's been in the side that's yeah. still been an issue but it's not like Bamford gets the problems instantly solved I think that they do as a group they need a bit more emphasis on just being more ruthless in, in taking their chances but you know the, the, the positive side is they are creating those chances they did play really well in that first half against Spurs so it's not like everything's you know gone to pot um, but they, they they do need to sharpen up in that area. It's just that bit elements of sort of ruthlessness, Stuart, isn't it? Really, I know I, yeah. I sort of looked at the stats to do. They have sort of if you look at the second half, they sort of con- they seem to conceded quite a few more than than, than they sort of scored, and it's was it's those periods of of game management. You saw sort of, you know you you looked at these for a few years, and obviously very pleasing on the eye, great to watch. Um, it seems to be the, the score, the scorer of good goals, as opposed to to scuffy goals, and they let and they let a few scuffy goals in as well. It's um, just getting that balance, but you know you've just got to hope that there's there's several big players coming back. Um, obviously, the big games against um, Palace and, and Brentford at home, then they've got a you know a real rough sort of run on paper. Haven't they? You know the likes of Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, but. Having said that, Leeds, are, uh, I would 
Leeds are still the sort of side who, who can surprise you know the, the big guns and they've shown that already haven't they but they just need to just manage elements of the of the game better I think um, you know because on the day in terms of style they, they can be as as good as anyone but it's um, other aspects of the game but uh, you know I think going back to what we said before I think those game management problems are almost inevitable when you're in the second half of games if you're bringing on nine year old lads yeah. who are still learning yeah. the game you know it's, it's, it's understandable it's frustrating but this is why I, I do feel they need just a little bit of extra depth a bit of extra help and it, you yeah. know it's yeah. going to need Bielsa perhaps to perhaps to swallow his pride a bit but I, I just think you know sometimes Leon used the word pragmatic you just have to be yeah. pragmatic and just say look I, I have this yeah. principle but it, it needs to be tweaked slightly and uh and that's all we're calling for, not not some yeah. complete overhaul, just, just a slight... Yeah. It's just sensible, isn't it? Just just makes sense, yeah. just a bit of... Exactly. And um, moving our attention on to the Championship, uh, we first take a look at Barnsley, who lost 4-1 away uh, to Fulham before the home game against Swansea. Um, and... Uh, I think it's fair to say that it was a predictable loss against Fulham, but will this have shown uh, Poyat Asbahi the, the size of the task that he faces, Leon? Yeah, I suppose it's, it, it's one of those, I think a lot of Barnsley fans were fearing it might be, get worse before it, it it sort of gets better. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about uh, you know game, game management and that sort of ruthlessness, if you like, with Leeds and, you know, Barnsley have got They've got issues at, at both ends of the of the pitch at, at the minute, and um, yeah, we're gonna have to see. It's a fresh start, isn't it? Um, Aspire is obviously coming in, coming in against um, Swansea. And you look how you know it's it's sort of hard to imagine that just you know it's just over well around six months ago they were um, you know both aiming for the for the Premier League. Um, yeah, I, I think obviously there's gonna be to see what glimpses of of his style are but you know Barnsley have just got to make themselves a lot uh, tougher more resilient and, and difficult to beat and they've I think you know witnessing style and say Barnsley you know got a really good result and played well and got a convincing win I almost think sort of winning, winning a really scrappy ugly game seeing the game uh, the game out as important as, as anything else. I mean, they, they sort of obviously regularly did it last season under Valerian Ismail. You know, they came out on the on the right side of a hell of a lot of games by by narrow margins. And you know, it's, it, I really want to see that side of, of of Barnsley back. You know, they've got a few players who are coming back. Carl Morris back in the fray, and it's obviously very welcome. Manson, Anderson's back now, but it's. It's one of those. They're in a relegation fight, and it, it's it's about battling them and, and mentality and, and, and digging out some results. Obviously, got a home game against Swansea. Got a massive game against Peterborough on 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 a this weekend coming up, and I think we'll. I think that's Barry will find out a, a fair bit about his players on on that day. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> by the time people are listening to this, and. Uh, and Barnsley have played Swansea. You know this might sound completely ridiculous or or not, but um, as Barge was very impressive when he when he spoke to the media on on Monday for the first time. I, I went along and 
you've got the impression, well, he's clearly someone who's very good at communicating his ideas. And, and what encouraged me as well, he was talking about his time with Sweden under 21s and the nation, the nature of international management where you only get the players for a very short space of time and you have to sort of cram your ideas into them. So that bodes well for the fact that he's only had a couple of days to prepare for this Swansea game. There's, there's talking a good game and there's producing a good game and obviously it's not down to him, it's yeah. down to the players. But but that that at least was that at least was encouraging. I do, I do think he's he's timed it reasonably well in terms of Leon's mentioned players are starting to get fit. Who Marcus Shot must be looking at it thinking, well, if only I'd had Carl Morris fully fit, if only I'd had Aaron Leon the Saker, you know, in uh, in full swing. But that that's the way the cards have fallen. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what he does. But he, he did come across, he did come across as a, as a very bright, energetic, uh, more, more dynamic coach than 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 Chop did in in the in the media. But as I say, talking to us is one thing. Um, his players performing on the pitch is obviously um, a different matter. Yeah, I mean, Callum um, Britton spoke. It was quite revealing in his in his discussions about him this week. He spoke about him providing a bit of clarity on on the training ground. And uh, the, uh, I suppose the, the word that struck out for me, he used it several times, was was assertive. Is I think he, you know, he sounds like he's got a little bit of something about him. You know, he's obviously dynamic and wanting to get his um, message across, and may, maybe maybe rattle a few cages as well. I mean, I, I wouldn't be totally averse to that. As much as it's about the about the new guy, it's the players as well. Have got to take some ownership, haven't they? And um, you know, it's not been good enough this season. Uh, you know, obviously there's been issues with injury and and such like. But you know, a lot of those players are in a side that cultivated a winning mentality um, um, last season, uh, made a name for themselves, and a lot of it's got to come from within as well. And you know, Britain spoke about some home truths. And um, having a go at each other, and um, I don't see anything wrong with that either. So as much as it's, you know, as Bar he's got to cultivate a renaissance, it you know it's it's at the door of the players as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And uh, now we head off to Huddersfield Town, who won one 0 at home to West Brom before Wednesday's game at QPR. Um, a great win against West Brom, which took them up to seventh and only one point outside the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> what, what did you make of uh, that that win for for Huddersfield Stewart? Um, well, just just a, a really good win. I mean, Leon was Leon was there. Leon saw it, but you know, to 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 beat West Bromwich Albion, having had. A, a, a minor wobble. Let's. It's not not worth overplaying. But a, a draw and a defeat going into the international break away from home. They seem a much tougher proposition at home. I think importantly, you know, we talked about players being injured. They talked about players taking responsibility. I, I didn't be able to talk better about this, but I got the impression that with Jonathan Hogg injured, uh, Lewis O'Brien, who was the captain for the day, and Scott High really stepped up and took that responsibility and that's great to see. Yeah, I mean, that's that's often what it's about at championship level, Stuart, isn't it, really? You know, players come out, it's about the squad and what the supporting cast, cast do and um, it wasn't just Jonathan Ogg as, as well. Tom Lees, who's, who's become a, a big player pretty quickly for Huddersfield, he, he was he was sidelined with illness and, um, you know, Nabi Saar, who's had a few weeks 
on the bench pulled his heels came in and he, he was he was excellent and um, Matty Pearson as well one of those sort of unsung players who just gets on with the job and does the sort of ugly side he was strong as well at the back and uh, you know it's been a real team effort there this season I mean what is it they've had something like 13 or 14 different scorers and um, you know that shows what they're all about they're a real um, they're a fit well coached organised side they haven't got necessarily got loads of stardust I think that's probably um, not showing them any disrespect in saying that you know they have got they've got the likes of you know Sober Thomas who, who I started the season excellently but I think they're just a team who are greater than the sum of the parts to be, to be quite honest and um you know, they showed the metal. They they got hammered in the first home game against Fulham. They lost 5-1 and um, they've sort of got back to basics after that. Ground out some results and, um, you know, they're a, they're a hard team to play. And I think they're a team who, again, with, with respect, um, are probably benefiting from the fact that the division isn't... Um, isn't particularly the strongest this year and they've managed to get a, a bit of momentum especially at home and I think you know what Huddersfield are about when you see them it might not not always come off and be um, you know totally three-throwing but there is a there is an organisation and an intensity there they're good at set plays everyone seems to know the job and um, they're having a sound season yeah I mean obviously last season injuries really derailed them they had a lot of injuries after, after yeah. Christmas, but you get the impression that this season they're they're that much more resilient, mainly because they've sorted themselves out defensively. Yeah, you know that 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 base with Matty Pearson, who's been excellent whenever I've seen him. You know Lee Nichols, Tom Leaves, as you mentioned, and then players like Nabi, Nabi Sar, Ollie Turner, what have you, coming in. There's a, there's a real you can have a real confidence now that even if Huddersfield aren't playing that well. They still won't concede many goals, and you know, as Leon said, there's, there's, they're so good at set pieces as well that again, they don't have to play well; they just have to win a corner, and you get a good delivery from Saul Thomas or whoever, and they and they've got a good chance of scoring. So when you when you've got both those elements, you can get results you don't deserve when you're not playing well, and then obviously when you are playing well, take full advantage as well. It's a real, it's a real yeah. recipe for a you know a consistent resilient side and you know some of the some of the sides who are struggling for form at the moment those those are the sort of elements where if you can get them right and they weren't right last season that was the issue if you if you can get them right then you know you you suddenly give yourselves a, a far better chance in games because almost your performance level it's not irrelevant but yeah. it, it, it's less relevant you know um you know we talk about Leeds playing playing well and not beating teams well Huddersfield can have the opposite qualities and they have that despite not having a centre forward who who you can bank on for goals which is often teams get out of jail free card theirs is, is set pieces and organisation and it's it's great credit, credit to them that they've you know really nailed those things in, over the summer having seen that they were lacking last season yeah I thought they were excellent without the ball as well on, on Saturday I think everybody knows about you know Carlos Cobran, he's an you know he's an excellent coach on on the training ground, and and they just look so well drilled. I, I think I think West Brom had something like it was about sixty five percent of possession, and they had um, I think they had something like twenty attempts on goal, but there was there were only one on target, and you know Huddersfield 
just sort of waiting for the moment and I probably had the best chance of the of the second half and even though it was only 1-0 they looked, they looked pretty comfortable Huddersfield everyone knew, knew the jobs and you know they, they definitely underwhelmed West Brom that the fact that Huddersfield had beaten you know one of the relegated team's favourites for promotion that's um, come at a very good time it should be a good psychological lift for them and it's it's hopefully about sustaining it and avoiding injury because I remember this time last year I think they beat Watford um, uh, 2-0 there was a similar good feeling after that but then sort of injuries interrupted and they lost a bit of momentum let's hope they can sustain it this time and um, now we turn our attention to Hull City who won 2-0 at home to Birmingham before Wednesday's game at Cardiff um, a very encouraging result against Birmingham that took the um, Tigers out of the bottom three. Um, wh- what did you make of it, and h- how will they be able to use this g- going forward, Leon? Yeah, I mean, I, I quite, I quite like Hull on the on the occasions I've I've seen them this season. Maybe I've been a bit a bit fortunate in that regard. But we sort of talk about you know a team team ethics and um, a groups of. Um, Solid players who are watching each other's backs and um, um, you know battling for each other, and I, and I see plenty of that in Hull. Even though it has been a it has been a tough you know op- opening third of, of the season, you know st- struggled for goals and went a fair while with, with, without a victory. But I think there's a you know, there's a certain amount of, of honesty there. Um, there's players who were who are still clearly coming up to speed at. At this level, they've had a few injury issues as well, and they're, they're, they're sort of battling away. They got a very good result at um, a very good result and performance at uh, Barnsley just before the last international break. They were excellent. They outworked Barnsley, um, and outwitted them in, in in many respects. And you know, the trick was fo- following up with with another good result against Birmingham, which which they have done. And you know, they've got some decent players. You know, Keen Lewis Potter. He's he's um, shown his metal this season. I like Jacob Greaves at the back. Um, you know, even even in the bad run of, run of games that, that they had and bad run, they weren't getting smashed smashed out of the park. You know, it was just getting um, just little little errors and little bits of game game management going against them. So I, I think they're in their fighting hole and. Um, you know, I'm pleased for them. I'm pleased for Grant McCann as well because he's he's took a fair bit of stick, and obviously, his, you know, his, his future's massively under under the microscope with the you know potential new takeover. But um, yeah, I think there's an honesty and a spirit about Hull. It's not going to get them results all the time, but uh, you know, they're probably going to be in a relegation battle this season. But they've got certain qualities that um, that serve, that should serve them well. Yeah, and I think I think important for them. I think in the um, in the early part of the season, I think they badly missed George Honeyman, who was injured. I mean, he'd come back and scored in both of these back-to-back wins. But I think I think more than that, it's it's what he brings as a taker of set pieces. You know, just in terms of what we were talking about with Huddersfield a, a minute ago, his his delivery at set pieces makes them a different beast really when when you know when when they can win them they they they, they were very dangerous from set pieces last season um and you know as i said before it means you know it means you could be not playing particularly well in a, in a game you can still magic up a goal from somewhere but yeah 
said in, on last week's podcast, you know, you felt there was going to be an uplift for Hull coming, you know, when when the takeover came, just because, you know, shot in the arm that would that would give the club. Well, for them to have sort of started before that's even happened, that's you know that, that that's really good news for them. And you know, it, we could be saying by the end of the season, we'll have to wait and see. It's only it's only two wins back to back, but we could be seeing it saying at the end of the season. That's why. We preach patience with managers and, and, and with teams. You know, with, they, they, they've stuck with Grant McCann. I know a lot of the fans would rather they hadn't stuck with Grant McCann, but now he's got, you know, one of his key players back. He's got his his, his other players are sort of maybe starting to understand the division a little bit better because a lot of them are new to it uh, or, or fairly new to it, and we're and we're starting to see some results. I say. It, it is only two matches. There are difficult tests to come. You know, uh, we we're speaking before the Cardiff game, and obviously they're a team that that picked up as well. They've got they've got Millwall to come at the weekend. There are there are difficult tests ahead, but they go into them with a with a bit more confidence and perhaps just a bit more belief that they they can actually. Come. Which, as I've said before, I think that was probably what was lacking more than anything with them. Yeah, I think the trick when they obviously they had the they had the bad run, Stuart, and is obviously the thing that that gets thrown around when when teams suffer in that regard is the managers lost the dressing room. There's never any never any fear of that at Hull. Certainly, the, you could criticise them for little you know lack of quality in certain areas, but you certainly couldn't um, say that they weren't fighting for the manager. No, I think there are. I think there are. There are very working honest group of lads aren't they the, the, the question marks yeah. really as you say is the, is the quality and the experience at this level uh, but you know they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had the season they had in League One if they didn't have something about them it's just transferring yeah. it now to that higher level and you know maybe maybe the difference for them might be if if the takeover is completed in time it looks promising if they could just have a little more championship experience added to that squad because obviously yeah, miss, they've missed Tom Huddleston a lot. There isn't a great deal of experience around them of players who've prospered in the championship. I think if they could just add one or two of those, I think that could potentially make a big difference to that group. Because as you say, the other qualities are there. Mm. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Now uh, our attention turns to Middlesbrough, who drew one all at home to Millwall before losing 2-1 at home to Preston. Um, Chris Wilder hasn't had the most successful start uh, to his Middlesbrough career, but have you seen signs of him getting things moving in the right direction, Stuart? <clears throat> well, Chris Wilder generally doesn't have the most successful start to any of his managerial careers, in the sense that he, he hasn't won his first league game at any of his clubs. Why is that? Because Chris Wilder comes in and changes the way a team's playing. And if you're going to do that, it's going to take time. It's as simple as that. You know, a lot, a lot was made of the fact that he had a two-week in, international break to work work with his players. That's true. That's great. But only some of his players. You know, some of his other key players like Spora, like uh, Paddy McNair, they were away for the international break. He said they had about 30, 45 minutes uh, to sort of get their heads around this new way of, uh, this different way of playing, you know, because, you know, he, he plays, a, he plays a, a formation that was one of the many that Neil Warnock used to use, but he plays it in a different way. I think we all know that from his time at Sheffield United. It's, it, it, it's, it's a way of playing that just 
not many other clubs use. I mean, I'm really surprised more clubs haven't haven't tried to copy it. But, uh, Bradford did briefly at the start of last season and, and quickly abandoned it. But it it, ju- it just means it, it's going to take a bit of t- bit of time to get their heads around. And, and unfortunately, you know, whilst he's coming with this international break, as soon as that's over, he's into a three three game week. So again. I just think I just think a bit of patience is needed. I think there'll be a different prospect in January because I think he'll get the get the back. I think and hope he'll get the backing from Steve Gibson to make a few changes in January, and then he'll have players who uh, one would hope are better suited to that system. Um, but yeah, there, there were some good signs against Millwall. They were, they were by by far the better team against Millwall. Um, they had this problem that they had all the time under Warnock as well and that they're far less effective in the second half than the first whether that's a, uh, a fitness issue you have to wonder um, but yeah it wasn't a it, it wasn't a, a bad performance against uh, against Millwall by by any means I, I, I didn't uh, I didn't see see the midweek game so I, I couldn't really comment on whether the whether the result was deserved or not but um, it's just it, it is going to take a few weeks. It's it's as simple as that. You know, Rome wasn't built in the day in a day, and what he's coming in and trying to do is fairly radical. So I'm afraid Borough fans are, are just going to have to sit tight for a for a while. Hopefully, see signs of progress, but it might be a while before they get the full sort of Chris Wilder experience. Yeah, I think I think in terms of results in, in January and looking at the table going forward they've just got to try and sort of hang in there haven't they really if, if you're talking about them potentially being um, in with a in, in with a nibble for the playoffs they've just, they've just got to try and maybe get to January and just just be within you know proximity whether it's you know five six points like they are now um, but I, I think it's important as well for Wilder to sort of see see the extent of the job and the, and the sort of things he's got to improve and you know even seeing those sort of bad elements if you like and which players he can trust going forward it's important for him, for him to see that in a in a, in a, in a funny sort of way um, yeah I do I definitely think um, well I sort of know, uh, know for a fact that the issue is um, uh, sorry fitness is is a uh, is an issue there, and you know, the stats really bear it out. I think was it they scored thirteen in the first half, eight in the second half. They've let in three in the fir- in the first half, and nineteen in the um, in the second half. You know that that certainly does. You know, alongside organisation, there's got to be a fitness element to that. So that that will be one thing that um, uh, one of the big things that that Crystal will be needing to to address. And uh, you know, it's not been easy as well. You look at the fact that. You know Dale Fry was, you know, arguably one of the the best defenders, and Grant Hall have not been have not been on deck. So he's just sort of as one as well as getting his ideas across in how he wants to play. He's you know he's also seen some of the the sort of negative aspects, and like I say, I think in a funny sort of way that's probably important as well. Yeah, and it's it's probably he's probably got about the right amount of time. I mean, obviously his sort of. Um, his appointment was was a bit accelerated. It was kind of a bit out of the blue. Neil Warnock going when he did, but yeah, you know, t- to have a, about six weeks to assess the squad to work on that fitness, yeah. and then yeah. the transfer window open. You feel that's probably a decent period of time. You know, m- much longer, and there's a danger of you being caught adrift. Much shorter, and there's a danger that you you sort of don't fully understand 
players and you you know you end up selling someone who you you wish you'd rather kept or or, or whatever um so yeah ho- hopefully whilst I was sad to see Warnock go I, I, I feel it's probably they've, they've hopefully sort of timed it right in that regard but time will tell on that um, now we turn our attention to Sheffield United, who drew 0-0 at home to Coventry before a much-needed win at Reading. Uh, after a pretty poor first half against Coventry when the Blades were booed off the pitch, um, things improved in the second 45, but, uh, second 45 minutes, but not enough to force a win. Um, the joy, unfortunately, uh, well, the, the joy of the win at Reading, unfortunately, was tempered by the incident involving uh, John Fleck when he collapsed off the ball. Uh, it seems he's going to be okay, but th- these things are never nice. Um, what what do you make of it, uh, Leon? Well, obviously it was it was a, a good and much needed win for Sheffield United, but it, you know it was secondary to what happened on the night with, with John Fleck. Obviously, collapsed with nobody nobody around him. There was a lengthy period of medical attention. He was stretched off and. Um, you know, football, uh, the action on the pitch becomes secondary, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, you know, the only important thing on the night was that Fleck was managed to be um, stabilised and he was conscious by the time he left the ground and went to hospital and, um, you know, touch wood, he's, he's you know, going to be on the mend. I mean, nobody likes to see, you know, incidents like that in um in sport and in life, you know, never, never mind um, football. But um, yeah, hopefully John's John's recovering. That's the that's the main thing, and he can have a period of of con- convalescence after you know a really a really really worrying episode on on Tuesday night. Um, so yeah, a good a, you know on the I mean, going back to on pitch matters, you know, a good a good win, two clean sheets on on the trot. So. A little bit of incre- incremental progress, but um, you know the, the night was really uh, the result was massively overshadowed by what happened. Yeah, I mean I'd, I'd echo that completely. I'd, I'd rather Sheffield United had lost, and 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 that hadn't yeah. happened to John Fleck. Yeah. It's you know, and, and I think I think even most of Sheffield United players would say that. Uh, I mean, it, it, I don't think it's the case. It's probably the memory playing tricks. It feels like we're having a, f- a few more of these incidents than we, than we were doing. Obviously, we had Christian Eriksen in the in the Euros was one who, who collapsed. In his case, it was heart issues. Not not quite sure at this stage what what the issues were were with Fleck. But um, as we said at the time with Eriksen, you know, the the uh, medical support for these guys is is fantastic, and you know, it, it clearly. The fact that the fact that we're, we're we're talking about him on the mend already is of huge credit mm-hmm. to all the medical staff who were there looking after him. You know, we've got to be got to be really thankful to them and to the sort of level of provision that are looking after these these guys. You know, it's um, it, it's pleasing pleasing to see such a such a quick and an effective response. And I can only only echo what Leon Leon says. You know, I, I just. Uh, just hope he's he's back doing what he loves as um, as soon as possible. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, in terms of the football side, it's it's clear where where the issue lies. I mean, the last time Sheffield United had back to back wins was January, 
you know they they're just not consistent enough you see moments you see moments when when everything clicks and Morgan Gibbs White looks great and Ilian and Dai looks great and you know Billy Sharp's banging the ball in the net but we we're just not seeing them put it together often enough in the game and from game to game often enough and you know it is really difficult to be to be consistent in the championship because you know the demands on the players is just ludicrous yeah. at times in terms of the you know the, the turnaround of games the, the travel and all this sort of thing so it, it is tough and you know again as as, Lou, as Leon sort of uh, alluded to earlier it, it isn't the best of uh, championships this season you've got a couple of teams you know you've got Fulham and Bournemouth who are out on their own you've got Bournemouth, um, West Brom who are probably the next level and then you've got a big drop in quality which means that even though Sheffield United are you know yeah. a long way off the pace in terms of the league table you know same same as for Middlesbrough same as for all the other teams uh, down there all is not lost you know if they can get a run together and if they can get some consistency then that's you know, they could they can still make a push for promotion, which is their big overriding object. But they can talk about it and talk about it and talk about it, and they know what the issues are. You know, and they speak very well in the media about you know we need to show a better attitude, we need to be more consistent. But you know, as I said, with regards to us, Barking, there's there's talking about it and there's doing it, and they they, they yeah. need to start doing it because that that squad is better than it's performing, and I, I think it, I think I would probably put. The biggest factor down to just the sort of losing mentality that can that can really infect a football club after relegation. I think they made a mistake not making more changes in the summer. You know, even just swapping players for players of equal ability who weren't sort of trapped in that mindset. But they are where they are. They're they're a, they're a tough group. They're an honest group. You know, they showed that when they were at the best under Chris Wilder. They won't want any sympathy from anyone, which is just as well because they won't get any from the manager. It's just down to them to start performing. We know they can do it. They need to start doing it. Mm. Yeah, the league table's the friends, Stuart, isn't it? Not just the Sheffield yeah. United, but you mentioned Middlesbrough as well. So, you know, that, that is a, a help in, in that, that regard, certainly. And just, just a quick one, going back to the uh, John Flick situation. But by all accounts, the players were really proactive, pro- proactive and quick when the incident happens to, to get the the medical staff on and um, that's that's a positive that we've seen in some of these unfortunate re- recent ev- events and you know all, all power to the to the players there that was uh, that was good to see yeah, yeah I mean I think I think we, we saw with Simon Carr didn't we that I guess that was a reminder yeah. to all professional footballers and and you know we talk about the the, the professional yeah. medics being really clued up but the you know the players themselves have a have a much better understanding and it, I say it's, it's it's great I imagine there's probably a fair bit of work being done by the PFA and the yeah. medical staff themselves to educate them. And that that's really fantastic. You know, um, it's really important and, and really good to see. So, yeah, credit to them for that. Hmm. And uh, now we take a quick look at Leagues 1 and 2, uh, starting with Doncaster, who, after a 10 goalless draw against uh, Lincoln City and a 3-0 defeat away at uh, Bolton, uh, Donny sit firmly in the relegation zone, unfortunately. Uh, and are, are there any signs that they can turn things around, Stuart? Uh, yes, to an extent. So I, I was at I was at Bolton for that game, and for 30, 35 minutes, Doncaster were by far the better team. 
I think I think Bolton had a free kick over the bar. Pretty much all the other chances were at the other end. Um, J- John Taylor, who's kind of been held up as the as the saving grace um, uh, earlier in the season when he was injured, he missed a really good chance uh, at nil nil, and you just wonder, you know, how things might have been different had he put that away. But as it was. Uh, they switched off briefly. Um, Bolton scored a goal, which uh, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the replays, but that Doncaster were adamant that uh, that it was offside. Um, but they stopped and waited for the de- decision. You can't you can't rely on on referees to get the right decision in League One. I'm afraid you've got to sort of play as if the offside isn't going to be given, and then hope that it is. So yeah, they had that, and then uh, we had a. a a cynical tackle from Joseph Alou. He he caught Afalayan on the ankle. It was it was a cynical foul, but it was a foul near the touchline and near the halfway line. It, it looked like a very clear yellow, and he got a red card for it. Um, and once those two things went against them, they just seemed to lose all belief, you know. And 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 really, I think that the the, the positive for Doncaster is that they played so well in that in that period the, the negative for them is that they they don't seem to be very good at responding to setbacks which is a real problem because they're having a lot of them at the moment they're suffering a lot of injuries you know they're they're constantly talking about being on the wrong end of referees decisions how much that's the case difficult to difficult to judge when you're not seeing them every week but the fact of the matter is they they need to be more resilient to these setbacks um but as I say, they were looking at it and and, and saying to themselves, "Well, our, our luck will turn, and when it does, you know, we're, we're sort of playing well enough to make something of it." But particularly away from home, they just they just need to be they need to be tougher. They need to be more disciplined. You know, they probably even need their manager to be more disciplined. He got another yellow card last night. That's he's had three yellows and a red already this season. If you know, if he was if he was still playing in midfield, you'd say. You know he needs to he needs to be careful about his discipline when he's mm-hmm. leading things from the dugout. You know it's it's great to see his passion and they need that passion, but they as a group they need to be a bit more controlled, a bit more resilient, really. Uh, and their home form's been been much better, which again sort of suggests that when it, it, it's only when the odds are against them that, that you worry about them. But the, you know I don't think their home form is going to be good enough on its own. To keep them up, they need they need to get a bit tougher away from home, and they, there is there is ability there, but they are a young group. You know, they they, they do need to learn a bit bit of the game management. Uh, Leon was talking about before with regards to other teams, and just just toughen up a little bit more. I think, to be honest, I think the problem. I think on the on the circuit, you'd certainly think that. Um, rival League One managers will will say if you're playing. Um, Doncaster, especially at home, they're, they're a soft touch. They don't do the um, the switch off. They don't do the the basics properly in in terms of of defending. And you know, they're they're away records horrendous, isn't it? I think they've yeah they've lost nine out of ten, haven't conceded about twenty five goals, haven't they? And um, they are sort of they are more resilient at home, aren't they? They're, they're, you know, they're, I think they've they've only the, the sort of goals against looks. Looks far better in that regard, but as, as Stuart rightly said, they can't just rely on on um, on the home form um, bailing them out. They have had issues this season, obviously with 
with injuries and even going back before that COVID, one thing and and the other. But um, um, you know, it's, it's it's certainly not been good enough on on a, on a lot of levels, and they've just got to really hope just to, to keep four teams around them. That's that's what I'd say if they can just keep you know four teams who aren't too far away, so they can keep chipping away. That's that's possibly the. Um, uh, the, the best thing at the moment is that they're still reasonably in touch with some teams above them. Yeah, I mean, there's been lots of valid excuses for them, but, you know, every club has difficulties. Ultimately, yeah. you've just got to deal with it. You know, Bolton Bolton on the Tuesday night, they couldn't name a full bench. Um, two, two of the lads on the bench didn't have a league appearance between them. You know, so they had issues too, but... They got on with theirs, and and to be fair, for that first thirty minutes, Doncaster did as well. But it, they just can't afford to feel sorry for themselves, and you know it feels no. like that that has been the case probably since Darren Moore left it on. I think it was the first of March that that they've been feeling too sorry for themselves, and they've just been you know we could we could pick every single club we've talked about, we'll talk about today, and say they've had that this problem, they've had that problem. Ultimately, the ones that succeed are the ones that shrug it off and deal with it. And you know, Richie Wellens is a really tough character. You know, you wouldn't you. It's surprising to say that a Richie Wellens team is has a, is a soft touch, but it, it does feel like that's that's the case at the moment. And it, it's it, it's holding them back because there's, there's more talent in that squad than their performances are showing. Whether there's enough is another question, but they they, they certainly should be doing better than they are in terms of pure ability but they, they lack experience they lack toughness they lack game management go find that yes and uh, now we look at Rotherham United who moved into the automatic promotion places with an excellent 3-1 win at home to Cambridge United after a great win away at Ipswich Town took them into the top of the table um, it's pretty tight at the top of League One, but it looks like Rotherham will be there or thereabouts. Do you think that's fair, um, Leon? Well, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, probably a little bit strange for for Paul Warren. They've sort of, uh, on some of the occasions they've uh, got got promoted, they've been slow starters. The exact opposite applies here. Um, Fifteen unbeaten. They haven't been beaten um, away from home. I think since their opening. Um, Opening away game of the, of the season, not being at all since mid mid September. Yeah, outstanding, and um, you know they've claimed some fantastic scalps, you know, and blown them away. Sunderland, Portsmouth, and and now Ipswich. And if you know, if, I know it is early, but you think if they can um, keep away from injuries and manage to to have a very quiet January and not not lose anyone and, and, and Paul Warren's already spoke about that saying look I don't I don't particularly want to get anyone anybody in I don't have to sell anybody so if they have a nice quiet January manage to maintain something like the form they're on at the minute and stay clear of injury they're, they're, they're in a hell of a place and um, you know we're talking about teams and decision decision making game management Rotherham is showing that at, at both ends of of, of the field um I, I, I suppose the only thing I, I, I sort of would would say is that you, you think that this form can't last forever and there's still not much of a gap between them and, and, and others behind them, but 
I think you've just got to be really positive in everything you say about Rotherham. I think they're the team that um, a hell of a lot of rivals in that division um, fear, possibly with, with Wickham as well. And um, yeah, it's, a, it's it's fantastic. And it's probably, you know, we spoke about this before about, you know, sticking with managers and giving them time to build. And, you know, you look at the two sides at the, at the top in that division, um, Rotherham and Wickham. Two managers who've been there for a number number of years get the club, got the sides with an identity, and um, uh, you know teams with really good good characters, horses horses for courses, and and strong stable clubs, and um, yeah, they're a benchmark for others to follow. It's it's outstanding what Rotherham are doing at the minute. Yeah, it's, it's it's really good to see. I mean, th- there's going there's going to be a wobble. There's going to be a difficult period because they they, they can't be this good, you know, from now until the end of the season. But you 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 hope and feel that they will show the sort of resilience we've talk, been talking about with Huddersfield, the sort of resilience that is lacking with Doncaster because they've got that confidence in themselves, uh, and because other teams fear them. You know, they they they're not a soft touch. They they know how to get out of League One. They've got a manager who's been there before. They know each other as a group of players. They believe in each other. You know, they were without Michael Smith at the weekend, who in other circumstances, that would be a massive loss. But because of the because of the confidence that they're in, just shrugged off. You know, and uh, and, and Freddie Ladipo comes into the team and, and, and scores a goal. And, and, and that's the thing. I think when you get off to that good start, when you have that belief in yourselves, I think you're much more able to to ride these difficult periods. Whereas, of course, you know, to go back to Doncaster, they went on the back of a terrible end to last season. It, it's the opposite. You know, they've become worse. But Rotherham really are, are just a great example for, for all the reasons, you know, Leon's pointed out. You know, they're... they're they're not they're not paupers of the division, but nor are they, you know, nor do they have the sort of resources of some of the, you know, so called big clubs in there. But it's not just about that. In fact, that's that's a small part of it in League One. If you've got that organisation, that understanding, that that quality still, because you know, whilst I'm sort of talking down their resources, they they still do have some quality players in that squad because they've recruited really well. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's just it's just great to see teams teams like like Rotherham and you know lower down they're having a, a little bit of a wobble now, but Harrogate the same, just just punching above their weight by by just running their club the right way, hmm. and uh, and long may it continue. Yeah. And um, now we look at Sheffield Wednesday, who despite leading three 0 after twenty two minutes against Accrington, uh, the Owls were holding. A, basically holding on at the end of the game uh, that finished uh, 3-2. Uh, they followed this with a remarkable comeback win at, at home to MK Dons. And despite being in the playoffs, um, I'm, I think Sheffield Wednesday still need more consistency. Do you think that's fair, Stuart? Um, I, think, I think it is, but I think... I, we've talked, we talked, you know, a few weeks ago about how there didn't really seem to be a clear idea about where Wednesday were trying to go. I do feel that's coming together a bit more. I think there's been a bit more stability tactically, not so much in terms of personnel because they've had so many injuries, but um, they do seem to have a clear idea. I, like you, Mark, was looking from afar at that Accrington game and, and 
it looked a bit twitchy when a team's 3-0 up and gets pulled back to 3-2. Mm-hmm. Darren Moore, who is probably not, not the best um, best person to judge from when it comes to talking about his own players in public, said he, he was he was never worried. He felt they were he felt they were comfortable even at 3-2, but but nevertheless. I, I think the the biggest the biggest tick for, for, for the Owls really and uh, and Leon was there on the Tuesday night was the fact that finally after so long trying they they showed the character to come from behind and win and I think that that will be massive massive for their self belief mm-hmm. and uh, I, I mean I imagine Leon you could probably just feel the mood change around the stands at Hillsborough as much as yeah any. yeah you, you felt it might have been one of those important moments in the season I mean obviously the bit the beat. Um, Sunderland not so long back very well it looked like it, it, it'd be another but yeah you, do, you just did get the, this um, feeling with the way that the game transpired that it could be could be one of those big moments obviously um, Josh Windass as well coming back um, off the bench for first burst of the season scoring the late winner added to the sort of um, added to the good vibes and Nathan keep him fit and firing he should be um a, a player who can really make a difference in the final third for, for Wednesday. Got Massimo Luongo back as well, and he, you know, he's not. You know, we speak about Windass being available, being a really strong player in in League One, and that should be the um, the case with Massimo. You know, he, he's one of those who can hold his ground. You know, that that key centre mid, midfield position, and um, yeah, I mean, uh, fair play to Wednesday. They didn't panic. Um, went behind. Um, you know, kept it, kept attacking, um, kept getting the, the the ball into into good areas, and it, it was it was a good win against the decent MK MK Don's side, and I think the nine unbeaten now now Wednesday, and even though it's been a bit of a a bit of a slow burner um, this season, you, you know, I, I sort of looked at the league table last night, and we, we sort of briefly spoke about Rotherham and how excellent they've been. But Wednesday is still only five points behind them, and um, you know they've they've come nowhere near the consistency levels of um, of Rotherham. But they're still, you know, they keep they're chipping away, and they've sort of been in the in the background in certain regards, a little bit under the radar, and maybe that that sort of suits suits them. And they've been they've sort of been chipping away quietly, and you know they've got obviously they've got some issues defensively in terms of. Um, personal at the minute, but they're getting some, you know, renewed options further up the pitch, and and they look like they're in a decent place. Mm. I, I think I think one lesson they can learn from Huddersfield, we you know we mentioned about Huddersfield's how Huddersfield's season collapsed midway through last season because of, because of injuries. I think when Sheffield Wednesday go into the January transfer market, because they are going to go into the January transfer market, if you speak to Carlos Colbrand, he can quote you pretty much to the minutes how, how many minutes um all the players he signed in the in the summer played last season which tells him how physically resilient guys like Matty Pearson are and and Ollie Turner what have you and and I think I think Wednesday need to focus a bit more on players who are just physically up to playing 46 games of the season rather than Promising youngsters like Lewis Gibson, who's come out of academy football and his body's not used to it, or maybe more talented players who have just been playing at a higher level and haven't been able to get the regular match minutes. If they can just get a few players who they can just rely on 
say like like Matty Pearson, like Tom Lees, although he had an injury at the end at the end of last season at Hellsworth, if they can get those sort of resilient players, that will really help in terms of the in terms of the consistency they need. And they might not be the most glamorous players. They might not be the sort of signings that Sheffield Wednesday fans like they did in August sit back and say, Oh wow, what an amazing signing. You know, it might be a bit like Oh, who's that? But, you know, a couple of months down the line, as with Huddersfield, they might be looking at it saying, oh, actually, I'm really glad we signed this play. He's so, he's so consistent in terms of the minutes we get out of him. And it, it obviously, that this constant chopping of changing through injuries is something that they really need to deal with. I mean, I know they're sort of looking and trying to get to the bottom of, of what it is, whether their training methods are contributing or, or what have you. But uh, as I say, if they, can, if they can just sign a few players who who maybe aren't as talented, but but they can really bank on, um, I think that would make a big difference to them. Yeah. And uh, now we turn our attention to Bradford City, who, after a scrappy one-all draw at home to Northampton Town, um, they travelled to Tranmere and after scoring first ended up losing 2-1. Um, are they strong enough to maintain a real promotion push this term, Leon? Yeah, I mean, in, in fairness, they've had a few... Uh, they've had some tough games of, of late. You know, they've, they've played, you know, like Swindon Forest Green, um, Port Vale, um, Northampton and obviously had a, a, a tough result at, at Tranmere, a difficult second half by all accounts, and, and went down there by the odd goal in three. So that was a little bit of a, a little bit of a, little bit of a reminder, um, to, to be quite honest. I mean, but you look at you know two defeats in nine. They had that difficult result earlier in the autumn at, at Crawley when um, you know it was a, a you know Derek Adams, you know let, let his feelings be known after that that he wasn't. Um, it wasn't good enough. So the the response has been, it's been decent after that. But you start looking at the games coming up. They've got a couple of home games, Colchester, and um, and they've got Sutton as well. Um, you know, it, last December they had a good, they had a sort of last December New Year they had a good run and they sort of pulled, um, changed the narrative of the season. You know, I think that now's the time they've just got a they've had they've had a third of the season together. They've got. Options come, uh, coming back, angles back up front and Aisa as well. They've got to start and um, a little bit more consistent in terms of in terms of wins. They've been the form's not been too bad in a difficult run run of games, but they're nowhere near the the sort of finished um, article yet. The look at team will grow into the se- into the season. The second half, Derek Adams' teams tend to do that, but a little bit more sustained progress, I'd, I'd say. Yeah, they're nearly there. They're not quite there, aren't they? You know, they're masters of the one-one draw at the moment. They, you know, they're staying in touch. Um, you know, as we've talked about with with other teams, they has they have to kick on at some point. Um, but I think at times like this, I think it's just about from a sort of wider club point of view you know we've seen a lot of changes at, at Bradford City over the last year or so well longer than that um, because of the high expectations of that club but they they really need to just hold their nerve a bit see this through I think I think you know a, a lot of us you know including a, a lot of Bradford fans were really encouraged when Derek, Derek Adams came in that this is a manager who 
knows this level, knows what he's doing. It's just sticking with him and showing showing faith. You know, you can't you can't keep toddling along forever. But um, they are starting to get attacking players fit. Uh, hopefully, soon they can just make that next step. And once they can, once they get a couple of wins, hopefully that confidence can snowball. And and they can go from go from there. It, we're not there yet, but um, you know, it feels it feels like it's close. Um, it's about it's about staying in touch, Stuart, isn't it? They've got to sort of it? chip away, keep it at them. For, by all accounts, they're gonna um, uh, they've they've got resources in January to bring um, others in, and they've targeted a few. So um, yeah, I don't think there's any any necessarily any any panic there. They've just got to be a little bit mindful of the gap. Um, you know, not increasing too much, but if they, if they can have a, a sound and steady December, hopefully address one or two things in, in January, and then they can they can kick on there. Mm. Yeah. And uh, finally, this week we turn our attention to Harrogate Town. Um, after a disappointing two 0 defeat at home to Salford City, Harrogate travelled to Carlisle United and came away with a good two 0 win. Although still in and around the playoff positions, Harrogate's inability to keep a uh, clean sheet is seeming to, to cost them points at the moment. Um, what, what, what do you make of that, Stuart? Yeah, I think that I think that is that is it. Basically, I mean, Rory McArdle a big loss for them. Um, Will Smith, who, who you know would have been the man to come in for Rory McArdle, is injured too. He he's a big loss as well. Um, it, it, it might be something they have to address in the uh, in the January transfer window if they're able to. But certainly at the other end of the field, they are scoring goals, and uh, and that can that can you know cover a multitude of sins. That they're, they're a bit win one lose one at the moment, um, and that that's probably that's probably those that goal scoring potential pulling them through. Really, um, let's face it, um, without without being patronising if you were a, if you were a Harrogate Town fan in your second season of Football League season of uh, Football League football and you and you said you know coming into December you're going to be in the playoff positions you'd you'd be delighted with that I think it's been I think it's been a really positive uh, start to the season you know football being football you always want to be better and there are definitely areas where they where they can be better but um, I think that, I think the fact that you know they've got Luke Armstrong in who's, who's really sort of transformed them as an attacking threat. They're, they're a better team than they were last season, and that ultimately is what it's all about, what it's been about for Harrogate, you know, in the Simon Weaver years. Yeah, I think your you glass has got to be it's got to be half full with with Harrogate, isn't it? I mean. It... Yeah, you know, it's a certainly a decent response. I say a few weeks ago they got, and it was the um, AFL Trophy. They got a got a good hiding at, at Sheffield Wednesday, but he was he was fairly critical, wasn't he, of his of his defence after that game, Simon Weaver. And although they probably still have some issues, the fact that they've you know two away games, they've you know back to back wins, they've, they've won at uh, Walsall and they won at won at Carlisle, conceded one goal. That's um, that's got to be a ticking, um, a clear tick in the box, hasn't it? There's got a, little, a few little issues with with home form, haven't they? I mean, it was from what I remember, it was similar for aspects of last season. Their away form is is really strong, isn't it? I think um, they've got they're in the top three or four 
in terms of away stats, a little bit more, you know, consistency at home and, um, you know, maybe elements of concentration. But um, you're sort of um, picking, at, uh, picking at sort of small, small things that you can turn around, can't you? I mean, the overall big picture is a, is a rosy one at, at Harrogate. And every chance of, um, I'd say, finishing in the in the top uh, top seven this season. YorkshirePost.co.uk. Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wogtrol, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening. Look after yourselves and bye for now.